belong, become, believe. You're listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. The message from May 23rd, 2021 is called, It's Pentecost, Time to Party. The speaker is John Ray and the location is Vespers Point, Mount Sequoia in Fayetteville, Arkansas. an interesting comment the other day that really got my imagination going. And the person said, I want you to imagine that this planet we're on, this existence, goes on for another 10,000 years. That somehow, I know against all odds, we keep from destroying this planet and each other. And humans actually continue to go and flourish for another 10,000 years. So I want you to imagine then in the year 12021, there is a church historian who is writing the history of the church from 10,000 years in the future. And they start to write a chapter on the early church. Well, in the concept of that much time, guess who the early church would be? us. We would still be part of that first era of Christianity, that first era of believers, right? Because if your imagination is kind of like mine, we kind of think of ourselves as the pinnacle. We're we're the latest and greatest. I mean, we're mature, right? We've got all this stuff figured out. We We don't make the mistakes that those primitive believers made, or maybe we've become calcified. Maybe we've forgotten what it is to be the early church. But either way, we don't associate ourselves with something new, something being born, something fresh, something still being figured out. Y'all, what, what if we are? What if we are still figuring it out? What if this is still the fresh, first, formative phase of the church? What if we're much more connected with those early believers and acts that we're going to read about than we tend to think of as ourselves. I think this, I think doing this radically transforms the way we think about who we are here and what the church is. We talk at Grace Church a lot about having an active gospel imagination, about having an imagination that is rooted in scripture and that is actively pursuing and perceiving all that God is doing and how that forms our world, forms who we are, forms how we respond. It guides all of our allegiances, affiliations, and affections. Too often, I think that imagination is corrupted by thinking, hey, the end times are right around the the corner. All we have to do is just hold on, right? All we have to do is just hold on and, and Jesus is coming tomorrow. And we are instructed in Scripture. To look, to anxiously look for the return of Jesus for whatever that means, however that comes. But y'all, there's so much more still to do. There's so much more to become. There's so much more to be. And I think we can recover that a little bit as we look at this passage in Acts on Pentecost Sunday. So if you've got your Bibles or on your device, we're going to read from Acts 2. I'm not going to read all of it, but I want to read 
a few parts, and I want to make some comments as we go. So starting with verse 1. Now the day of Pentecost had come. They were all together in one place. And it's inter- it, we have to make sure we understand this. When they say all together, men, women, kids, all of them. Okay, So this wasn't just a convoc- convocation of the dudes. This was all of them, the community that had formed around Jesus. Suddenly a sound like a violent wind blowing came from heaven and filled the entire house where they were sitting. And tongues spreading out like a fire appeared to them and came to rest on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven residing in Jerusalem. When this sound occurred, a crowd gathered. It was in confusion because each one of them heard speaking in his own language, completely baffled. They said, aren't these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each one of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus in the province of Asia, Phygera, Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own languages about the great deeds God has done. I want to pause here. I cannot emphasize enough the all of this port of this passage. The emphasis here is that the Spirit is given to everyone. I also can't emphasize how radical this would be in this place at this time. Cretans and Arabs, they, they mention almost all the historical enemies of Israel are having this word preached to them in their own tongue. They are being invited. They are being hospitably invited to belong to this community by hearing this in their own tongue. But even maybe more radical is the fact that it was falling on the women as well as the men. This wasn't reserved for just the male apostles. This was everyone was being filled with the Spirit. I love the sign that says, y'all means all. Alright? I'm going to reverse that here. All means y'all. All means y'all. Everyone was filled with the Spirit without reservation. Without. Well, all were astounded. What happens when this happens? What happens when something earth-shattering Uh, culture-breaking, tradition-shattering happens. Well, it happened to them, right? It says, All were astounded and greatly confused, saying to one another, What does this mean? What does it mean? This is, wait, God doesn't work like this. This is not how we're used to things happening. This This isn't how we formed our structure. This hasn't this isn't how we've defined our theology. This is going to mess everything up. And it's, it's really interesting. Um, Laura made a great comment that before the Holy Spirit, right before this in Acts 1, the male apostles get together and they decide that they have to replace Judas. And so they do what guys do when they're in, given at something. They're like, well, let's play cards or draw lots or... 
They, they said they drew lots. There's no mention of prayer. There's no mention of waiting. There's no mention of asking. They're like, let's just do what we've always done. Something that keeps us in power. Something that makes us the decision makers. Something that we can explain. Something that we can control. So they cast lots. They choose Matthias. And as we've said, if you've been here for any length of time before, it's the last time Matthias is mentioned. Like, I feel sorry for the dude. I really do. I really feel sorry for Matthias. Because he's like put in this position and then literally all heaven breaks loose right after that. And everybody's included. Like, like Matthias gets to be one of the 12 for maybe like 30 minutes. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, and everybody else too. <laughs> we, like, we're going to replace Judas. And he's like, oh, I got my... Oh, yeah, everybody's got their card now. Like, like it, just the poor guy. I really feel sorry for him. But we have to understand that this is really even funny. Is that we see the last vestige of the human propensity to control God through this hierarchy blown apart by the Holy Spirit right after they do that. I mean, the, the Holy Spirit just blows it apart. He's like, Matthias, yeah. And how about Mary? And how about Martha? And how about her sisters? Oh, and let's bring her kids over here. Hey, yeah, let's get some of them Arab women in here too. Get, hey, Christians, come on in. I know we've been killing each other for centuries, but y'all come on in. I mean, it's, it's just utterly astounding, utterly confusing to how people had thought about it. And Peter, for all the bad rap that he gets, all the bad rap we get from Peter, he gives one of the most eloquent speeches in all of Scripture next. I'm not going to read it all. I want you to encourage you to read it this week. Read it today. But he goes back and he's like, oh, this is what God's been talking about all along. And he pulls out all these Old Testament Scriptures that shows that this has been God's desire all along. And God, coming in the form of Jesus, incarnating the everything we need to know about God, opens the door for it to finally happen. Well, after the confusion comes the what are we going to do next? Well, what do we do with all this? And that's where we skip down to the last part of the chapter. So, they hear this message. It talks about 3,000 people being added to the church. And then it says this, starting in verse 42. They were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Reverential awe came over everyone, and many wonders and miraculous signs came about by the apostles. All who believed were together and held everything in common. They began selling their property and possessions, distributing the proceeds to everyone as everyone had need. Every day they continued to gather by common consent in the temple courts, breaking bread from house to house, sharing food with glad and humble hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And the Lord was adding to their numbers of those who are being saved every day. There are some decisions that don't get made unless there is a woman in the room. There are just some decisions that do not get made or get made well unless there is a diversity of people in the room. 
what we see is the church, the, the, the apostles, they're primarily concerned with kind of, hey, how do we teach this? What do we do? What kind of information do we distribute? And that is essential. Okay, that's not bad. But it's incredibly limited. What is the first thing that happens when the women come in? And those who have been the outcasts, those who have been on, who have been on the margins, those who have been previously left out, those who have been previously not given a voice. Man, they start sharing stuff. They start, they start getting in the kitchen and cooking food. They start saying, well, hey, how are we going to, how do we take care of the kids? How do we take care of the sick? How, what about the poor? Now, I'm not saying that the men up to this point didn't have concern for that. I think they did. It just wasn't priority. It just wasn't the main thing. And now with this diversity, with the spirit filling the room, with everybody's voice being included in the conversation, the priorities are reorganized. They're changed. And they start to live this out. Y'all, this is what the church is supposed to do. We are supposed to be the place where everybody has a place at the table where everybody's voice is heard. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be an old white dude like me to have your voice heard. Come on, somebody give me an amen on that. All right. This is radical, radical stuff. And this is our inheritance. This is what we celebrate today. This is what we have to be reminded of time and time again. Because the world doesn't work this way. Do I need to even say that? Do I need to even say it? That, hey, if you're not some English-speaking white dude, you know, you got to work twice as hard to have your voice heard. Ten times as hard. You have to fight just for equality with that. Just some measure of that. That's the way the world works. It's not, that is not us. At least not supposed to be us. It is not supposed to be us as the church. We are supposed to be the place as described here where we recognize people by the gifting of the Holy Spirit that comes on them and we know without a doubt it is in the Bible the gift of the Holy Spirit comes on everyone. Everyone. It is available to everyone. This is the truth that will transform the world. This is the kingdom that comes and makes things happen on earth as it is in heaven. This taste that we read about in Acts 2, this all of them being together, all of them sharing, all of them breaking bread, all of them paying attention to others' needs, that is the foretaste of heaven. That is God's kingdom come here on earth as it is in and y'all, that's why we celebrate today. That's why it's a little bit goofy, I know. Balloons and bubbles. It's, 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 it's small, but it's real. Because we need to celebrate this. Not be scared of it. Not try to manage it. We need to celebrate it. So let's celebrate this this morning. Let's stand up and sing. Let's blow the bubbles. Let's let the balloons go. As we have this worship. And by the way, these are environmentally sensitive. We, we researched that these are biodegradable balloons. 
okay? So you don't have to be feel bad. They will, I don't know what they're made out of, but they will melt eventually. So um, let's celebrate this. Now you may say, hey, all this sounds great, but how do we do it, right? Like that's the thing. What? How do we practice this? Jane, <laughs> Jane this morning when she was, she got the helium from Walmart and she turned it on and she couldn't get anything to come out. Like she read the instructions four or five times. It was like, it wasn't where we thought it was empty. She goes back to Walmart and the lady at the return goes, oh no, this happens all the time. And she showed her how you have to kind of twist the nozzle. Like it's not anywhere on the instructions, but it's, you have to twist the nozzle to get it out. I think that's kind of like at a, a church. So you're like, okay, I read the instructions. I did the thing, but nothing's happening. Well, hey, we may have to think a little bit differently. We may have to just twist that novel, nozzle a little bit to start to think differently, to really imagine. And man, when it does, it's going to fill the place with the Spirit. It's going to fill the place with the Spirit. Thank you for listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. You can find more about us online at gracechurchnwa.org. Grace and peace.